Hello. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give a quick note about, well, the quality of the episode. I want to consider this a, a rough draft. I'm talking about a topic in this episode about, uh, well, I thought it was just going to be a one episode thing, but sometimes, you know, life happens. And I recorded on the one day I was able to record this episode in its entirety. And it just so happened to be a time when my neighbors, like all of them, were being unusually loud. And, uh, well, let's just say I made my neighbors a character. Or to put it another way, my characters are unwittingly guests on this episode. So, there will be quiet-ish parts, but they're not so quiet because you can hear my neighbors. And I left those in intentionally. So, if this episode comes off a bit avant-garde, that's why. Because I intentionally wanted to convey uh, that experience with you. Also, I was not having the best day when I recorded this. So keep that in mind as well. Um, and that's all I've got to say. Here's the episode. I... I hope it's something worth listening to. I'm debating how much I'm going to deviate from the HelloFresh meal, the menu. Because I remembered we have tater tots in the freezer. Oh. All right, I might have to turn this up a bit. Testing one, two. I can hear her talking on this. Do you hear that? Yes. Here, put these on. You hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're waiting for the next door neighbor to finish her very loud phone conversation. Do you want to help me recite the intro? Let's do it. I know you're not sure what it is. One, two, three. Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you, Can you feel, feel it, it wiggling between your quivering thighs? thighs? That, that thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once, Once every millennium, millennium something will come along. along. When you feel it, you will know it, because it's coming on strong. That, that thing. That thing, that thing with James. Sit back. Relax. Deep breaths. No stress. Let me come inside. Your mind. I promise you it won't take long. The change will happen soon. You will feel it. Feel some. Feel something. Feel something so special. Coming deep within you. Growing. Oh, okay. 
I mean, this, this is not balls deep and coming. That's gross. <laughs> you will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing. That, that thing. thing. That, that thing, thing with, with James. James. That thing. That thing. That thing. That thing. That thing. With James. What is it? What is it? It's it is what it is. What's that? What it is, is that? that? It's that. What is it? <laughs> you want it all, but you get that hat. <laughs> it's in your face, a peeled banana. Won't you come and save me? That was an interesting crossover, all right? Save me. Hey, 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 what is that? That's what it is. It is what that that's to obey your master. <clears throat> you know, you ever gotten the runaround? Yeah. What's what's the runaround? It's where you get your hopes up for someone or something, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've known some people who've given me the runaround before. Yeah. And you'd think, mm, have you ever gotten a runaround by a professional? Mm, yeah. Don't, don't you remember when I was going for that maitre d' position? Yeah. And the guy kept changing the time without actually talking to me. No. Yeah. Well, that happened. Someone was like, uh, wait, wait, what happened? You were going for a maitre d' gig and then... The manager kept running around. Uh, like, uh, well, you said that, like, how? Describe the events. They changed the time for interview multiple times without saying anything to me until like 10 minutes before I would have had to be there. Oh, and I was going to have to drive you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. And you were like up waiting. They were like, uh, hey, see you tomorrow or hey, I'll get back to you on the time. Yeah. And then 10 minutes before send you a text or something or a call. An email. Oh, it was a fucking email? Yeah. So you had to be keep checking your emails thinking, when the fuck am I going to get this? Yeah. And then finally, 10 minutes prior, they're like, all right, I'm ready for you. Be here at, what, it's 2.50 right now. Yeah. Be here at 3. And this was like peak, uh, you know, traffic time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was going to take like, it would take with traffic an hour to get from where we were to where they were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. What the fuck is wrong? Like, uh, clearly that's not somewhere you would want to work, though, you know? Yeah. If they're giving you a a runaround like that. Yeah, I mean, that was my thought process, too. I was like, if it's taking this much work to try to get this job, I don't want it. Yeah, it's bullshit. Or like a friend that's like, yeah, there's a lot of flaky people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, anyway, uh, what do, have you ever you ever heard of this thing called QAnon? Oh yeah. What the fuck is it? It's it's conspiracy theories for conservative people, essentially. Although I think that they can be for everyone. What? But it, it tends to be super conservative beliefs. And it, they are kind of reiterated in a way that it's almost believable, but it's so ridiculous that you're like, there's no way. But people do. They do believe in it. They believe in these conspiracies? Mm-hmm. Like, have you heard what kind of conspiracies they are? Wayfair and the dressers, the kids in the dressers being sold. Oh, I saw a thing about that recently where it was like, uh, what the fuck was it? That started on TikTok. So basically it was like 4chan people uh, and then migrating to TikTok, just trying to make like the most outrageous thing, you know, just as a as a laugh, as a guffaw, as a (laughs) this fucking ridiculous. And so someone went on Wayfair or, or was like. They found a, a Wayfair um, wardrobe dresser, a, 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 cover, a cupboard that were named after, excuse me, some chick that disappeared years ago or something. They and then missing. was subsequently found like that day. That girl that been found, the one that got I know. all the hate. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm talking about. Like it was one of those instances where, see, one of the things about Q is like they'll drop numbers of like, there's this many missing children in the world. But the thing that they ignore is that, like, the majority of that number are, I mean, there certainly are abductees. Yeah. But it's like 800-something thousand a year or something like that. And um, a lot of those cases are simply found Family the same day. Too. It's like, yeah, uh, uh, you know, a uh, divorcee parent picking the kid up or or the kid just like going out to a friend's house yeah. and freaking the parent out. And um, but, you know, that's too logical for, for conspiracies. Yeah. So the reason I bring up uh, QAnon is because sometime early last week, it was like Monday or Tuesday. I was driving to the grocery store um, and they were kind of like talking about Q stuff. It was like just getting started. And then I got the groceries and I was heading back to the apartment and uh, they had some guy who's, I guess, an expert or something about Q or just someone who's looked into it. Although, frankly, it's not as... I don't think he knew as much or has gone as deep into it as some of the other podcasts I listen to. Yeah. Namely, this one called QAnon Anonymous, QAA. And it's these dudes, I think they've had their podcast around since 2019. And it is just deep, like, in-person, investigative sort of journalism stuff. Like, they will go in person. Even this past year in the pandemic, they went to, like, Q gatherings and conventions and stuff. Like, these guys have gone super deep. And if you're looking for experts on the QAnon phenomenon, they are most certainly the ones to defer to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you remember, was it last year or the year before that all of those, the weird street art and the signs were popping up that said Q is watching? Yeah, I remember that was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was like when we were just starting to, I guess that was around 2019. Um, like, I know that I had just started hearing about Q and on, but I wasn't totally sure what, it, like, I knew it was a conspiracy thing. And, and I've had some experience with conspiracy stuff just because it's sort of passively been an interest of mine for many years now. Yeah. Uh, just hearing these stories, it's entertaining. And then sometimes it's, uh, I mean, it, it can be enlightening. I mean, there certainly are conspiracies, but the problem is that a lot of the stuff that floats around is is bullshit. Yeah. Or even worse, it's close or, or worse, even more annoying is like how close to the truth some theories are. But then they go in the wrong fucking direction. Yeah. And, and have real bad results. Real bad outcomes. So the thing is, I was hearing this... NPR thing. I uh, forget what show it was, but they were talking to this guy who supposedly knew quite a bit of Q, about Q. Um, he certainly, the thing I appreciated about what he did was like he wasn't jumping to any conclusions. I've caught some of the new Vice thing on Q, um, and they were not great. And even the QAA guys who were interviewed on it. They came out on Twitter and were like, that show is shit. They jump to weird conclusions that are unfounded. Like, they're getting this shit wrong. And even before it was released, one of the guys posted a screen cap of the brief time where the um, quote-unquote investigative journalists for this Vice bit uh, were interviewing the QAA guys. And one of them tweeted before the release of this Vice thing saying like, this is the last time I talked to a journalist about shit. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, this was prior to me hearing about any of this Vice stuff. It was like Monday or Tuesday last week, I think. Go to the store, hear about Q stuff, and then they start taking questions. And people are calling in, asking questions about, like, who do you think is behind it? Um, what... What kind of effect has it had? Um, where does it end? That was a big one. Where does it end? And um, the guy answered as well as he could, but I was unsatisfied with stuff he said because I've been listening to these other podcasts and I also have just sort of like compiled just my own uh, studies and understanding of why this shit exists, where it's going, and where it quote-unquote ends. It doesn't end, yeah. really. So I, I I missed the thing, like they said, call the number. I missed the number. I was driving. I get back here. I unload the groceries. And then I take to Facebook and I, I make a post about it saying, I just heard this thing about Q on NPR. They said the number. I missed the number. But uh, the guy was asking these certain questions and, and callers in were asking these certain questions. And 
I was like, I have answers for this stuff, okay? Now, let me preface for the audience, I am not an expert. Uh, the stuff we're talking about here, I'm not a scholar in this. I fucking studied theater and among other things. Yeah, I studied comparative cultural studies. However, I, uh, I've learned a lot of shit over the years um, just by reading just sort of cumulative knowledge and, and set of tools to analyze things in a certain way. Right? Yeah. Is that fair enough to say? To preface, if I'm totally fucking off. Uh, I, you can say in your opinion. In my opinion. Yeah. 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 In my uh, somewhat edumacated guesstimation. Well, I did the thing on Facebook. I was like, okay, this has happened on NPR. They're talking about this. These people asked questions. The uh, the guest that they had on who had some knowledge about some of the ins and outs of the Q phenomenon, but not, I don't really think, so much of a analytical um, answer for some of the questions. Um I, I, I did, and he missed some stuff that I really would have liked to have him here because the people calling in, I feel like, could have benefited from the perspective that I plan on taking it in this episode, and I'm sure that other people would take it that way. Like, I've listened to... these. Are, I'm repeating myself. These other shows. So, yeah. And... and what I'm getting at is there is a materialistic critical analysis of why Q exists, uh, what kind of effect it has, why people get into it, and where it's going or where it quote unquote ends. And so, yeah, I posted that on Facebook and and quite a few people, you know, did reactions and comments. And one person... Josh, not you, Josh, the other Josh. Hey, Josh. Uh, he said, oh, can you make this uh, the next episode of your podcast, please? And so, fuck yes, let's get into it. Now, since I made that post, it, it kind of blew up. And like I would see the pop-up notifications with the number of like uh, new notifications I got. And I knew it was for that post. And I was so nervous. Like it took me 10 days after posting it and, and then subsequently seeing that first comment to go back and see how other people had reacted. Um, and I, and I did promise also in the Facebook post, like I'll give you a brief critical analysis here if you want it. And people are like, yes, do that. And I also said historical perspective. So everyone had to wait 10 days because I got really fucking nervous. And I've been that way after two general elections in which I would very valiantly charge into Facebook and offer some type of critical analysis, but be met, get met and and uh, just eviscerated by some very oh, how do I put it, kind of brainwashed establishment democratic talking points. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and, and then I posted, so 
Ever since then, if I say something even remotely political or historical or anything that's not just a shit post on Facebook, I get really nervous. I like, I, I do it. I don't even think about it. I just do it and I go, oh, fuck. Why did I say that? I don't want to have to like get into arguments with people I know and like. I want to keep liking them, <laughs> you know, um, but this turned out to be okay. And so yesterday I posted a, a separate post with a, a response. Uh, it ended up being three times as long as I really meant it to. And um, that's I, a shock. Yeah. And so without any further ado, here's here's the uh, materialistic critical analysis of the QAnon phenomenon to the best of my knowledge and abilities. So QAnon is a wide ranging conspiracy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, conspiracies are nothing new. What's like some of the first conspiracies you ever encountered? That we didn't land on the moon. Tell me about it. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that believe that we haven't landed on the moon because the flag didn't wave. There were. <laughs> Why would the flag wave? There's no fucking atmosphere I on know. the moon. It, it, that was a thing. I remember that one. Elvis isn't dead. Mm. But the, the moon thing, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. They, they, some people think Kubrick filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> There are a lot of interesting... Elvis isn't dead. I remember after Michael Jackson died, there were, quote-unquote, sightings all yeah, over the world. Tupac. Tupac. Tupac, Jesus, and and Michael Jackson walk into a bar. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were... that. Those are like the big ones that I remember. And then there's an alien at Wright Pat. Did I say Jesus or Elvis? You said Jesus. What's the difference? A lot. Um, but yes. <laughs> wait, wait. What now about Wright Pat? Did you say Wright Pat? Mm -hmm. What about it? That there's aliens there. Alien oh. bodies. You mean just like people not from the United States? No. I'm talking about... Extraterrestrials? Extraterrestrials. Insert um, that guy from Ancient Aliens. <laughs> when I say extraterrestrials... I'm going to insert the picture of Giorgio Tsoukalos. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it may have very well been extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah. Extraterrestrial theorists believe. <laughs> Ancient astronaut theorists suggest. Yeah, he, he doesn't say extraterrestrials. He says extraterrestrials. Like, there, there's only T at the beginning of it. Ter terrestrials. Exa-terrestrials. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We live in a, a noisy area. Anyway, so um, what are some of the other uh, fun uh, conspiracy theories you've heard? Anything, like, political kind of conspiracy theories? Other than, like, the JFK assassination? Yeah, I mean, the JFK assassination. The magic bullet. Yeah. Uh, there's also... What is it? Hold on. I got... We gotta wait for yeah. those fucking people. Hold on. All right, where were we? 
we were talking, oh yeah, I was asking what political kind of uh, conspiracies have you heard? Yeah, and I told you the JFK thing. Uh, there was one about this group that investigated aliens, but... They, like the X-Files? Sort of. But everything's been redacted on it, and someone literally wrote on the paper that has all this redacted information, and it says bullshit. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Weird. Well. Uh, so we're talking about theories. Yeah. What, what was one of your political theories that you've heard? Reptilians. Oh, yeah. I remember the reptilians. The reptilians. I've heard all sorts of weird shit, but like, so, so like the Q thing is, so there's all sorts of theories, right? Mm -hmm. And they get all wrapped up into this umbrella of the uh, QAnon conspiracy theories, right? Yeah. And so it kind of has brought a lot of different people in and some of these theories um, from me listening to that other show and hearing their results and then looking for myself, like they suggest, like, check out these websites that they make, check out these forums that they're on. I get on there and I see some of this stuff and it's just, I mean, it, it's constantly shifting and always crazy, you know? Um, and one of the things I could not help but notice was when you get deeper and deeper because there's always new theories coming in and being changed and everything. But the deeper and deeper you go into some of the core theories, they are things that you've probably heard of. Like say there is a uh, secret cabal of child molesters oh, yeah. who who have sex with kids and then sacrifice them to Steal uh, the demon to the they sacrifice them to the demon god Moloch and then eat their adrenochrome to um expand to basically become immortal because the more adrenochrome you eat the longer you live right the closer you are to immortality all right. Have you heard this? I, I have heard that, yeah. And and they say that it's uh, George Soros and the Clintons and basically all of the Democrats and a lot of celebrities are part of this secret cabal. And they're also, uh, a lot of this stuff you may have heard uh, from uh, fucking, what's his name? <laughs> Turning the frogs gay. Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. Alex Jones, like the um, a secret cabal of the globalists. That's what he's always talking about. The globalists. And that that's part of like the secret cabal is they want to make a one world government. All right. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a one world government and it's uh, they're going to like fucking mess with your brain. They're constantly putting, you know, subliminal messages and shit into every form of entertainment. They've got microchips inside you. If you get the if you get the COVID vaccine, you're going to get a microchip in you. And it's like, you stupid fucks. You got a cell phone. Audio listeners, I'm holding the cell phone right now. You've got a fucking cell phone. You got a fucking cell phone. They don't need to put a microchip in you. 
You're carrying it around with you all the fucking time. You know, and these globalists are watching you. You stupid motherfuckers. The NSA, CIA. They can look at your phone no matter what. And they've been doing that. I remember seeing, I was was getting breakfast at a McDonald's in, what, 2013 or something like that? When um, um, Snowden came out. He was on the TV. This news came out and they were like, um, whistleblower um, exposes NSA secrets that they have been, you know, they can track anyone with impunity at any time. Tap into your, your phone, tap into your computer camera, watch you, listen to you get all your data and all this shit. He blew it up. Like yeah. it's a real thing. And I'm sure it existed prior to the Patriot Act, but the Patriot Act was the whole 9-11 thing was a perfect storm for oh, great. You know, it sucks when you get on the flow and then you gotta stop. <laughs> Fuck. So it blew the spot up, and uh, you know the 9/11 was a perfect storm for basically the. Uh, we me- I'm, we mentioned I mostly was the one who mentioned it before, like what the actual deep state is. Yeah. And the thing with like QAnon stuff is they think the deep state is this secret globalist. Oh, and I haven't mentioned it, Jewish cabal. It's always the fucking Jews, according to their whack theories. And that's nothing new. And there's some historical precedent for that, which we will be getting into in this episode sometime. Um, And, uh, you know, when I say there's a real deep state, what I'm talking about is basically the, uh, the marriage of intelligence community and industry. Let's pause this. Okay. This is pissing me off. Now, what were we talking about? The deep state? I could have listened back, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, the the actual deep state I was referring to is the marriage of industry and intelligence community community and legislators basically because it's just a pool of money getting flurried around and that money is nothing but uh i mean it's not even material anymore it's just a imaginary number yeah floating around in our heads and um but those things are manifestations of power and control all right and the reason it would be considered a deep state thing is because um, intelligence can influence industry and industry can influence intelligence, as we saw with, as we see with the ongoing wars yeah. that we uh, seem to not exist in news. We're, what, 18, 19 years in now? I think so, yeah. It's fucking uh, atrocious. Well, the thing is, 
oil was a big part of it, but also military contracts, private military contracts. It's, this whole thing is a, it has been a huge boon for private military entities, such as the infamous Blackwater with, uh, what's his name? Prince, Richard Prince, something like that? I think so. I, I, I know it's Prince. Uh, anyway, um, these things control what happens. Why do we spend so much, like, so much of our GDP on military shit? Other than, I mean, yes, absolutely give uh, benefits to veterans through VA and everything. The VA has been a fucking godsend for my dad. And my family as a whole. I think that's great. And frankly, I think everyone should get benefits, uh, medical benefits and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, anyway, the thing is, these intelligence agencies like NSA, CIA, ICE, Homeland Security, just Defense Department in general, um, they are beyond oversight and thus beyond uh, what's the word I'm looking for scrutiny what is it um, balancing and checking and balancing their power and actions we don't have influence on that we don't get to vote on that we don't even know what the fuck is going on yeah and you were about to say something all the coups and everything else that are <sighs> the coups and everything the contras yeah Yes, these things are beyond, they're not transparent, and um, that's fucked up. Yeah. And so when you hear a leftist group talking about the deep state, they're not talking about the George Soros secret uh, child molester eating, Moloch worshipping, Jewish globalist cabal. No, they're talking about Industry, basically. I mean, fuck, Eisenhower said it. Beware the military-industrial complex. I mean, shit, that's mostly what Catch-22 is about. It's about the um, commodification of war. Yeah. And so, um, you call me crazy if you want, but there's absolutely a deep state, but it ain't the one Q says. Absolutely. Um, well, going back to the Q thing, I couldn't help but notice that when you go deeper and deeper down, a lot of the core conspiracies are very old conspiracies. And I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but you have seen these conspiracies too when you were helping me do research for the New Age Nazis um, miniseries we're doing on this show. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess... We can consider this episode sort of like a a sister or a supplementary episode to that series, which is, it'll be completed. It's not done yet. Um, So we found out that a lot of these conspiracies are um, Nazi conspiracies, frankly, and even pre-Nazi. Can you remember asking you back about like, the stuff we learned about um, how n- the Nazi party came to be and their thought and everything. Can you remember any like weird 
theories that these groups had back way back when? Uh, no. No? Well, um, you remember this thing called the, uh, the People's Movement, right? Mm -hmm. And this is something I kind of touched on in my, my post was that I started, I should just, I should have made notes for this fucking episode. I'm all over the place. Um, I started on the post, so I guess I should start that here. Let's start with historical precedent. Let's go back to 18, the year 1871. Uh, something happened in Central Europe in 1871. You remember what that was? This was part of the New Age Nazis research we did? No. The unification? Oh, the unification of Germany? The unification of Germany. Oh, yes. What do you remember from it? That it was just like a bunch of different groups of people that became one sort of thing. So they were trying to make sure that there was pride so that they'd feel more as like a cohesive blend as opposed to... Anything else? Absolutely. So you're uh, you're melding together some stuff, but you're absolutely right. So pre eighteen seventy one. Let's see what year did this happen? Was it like um, August or something? Where the fuck? When did this happen? Dates. Give me dates. Oh duh. January eighteenth, eighteen seventy one. Uh, the unification of Germany. Let's just read wiki here. Unification of Germany uh, into, wait, what the fuck is this? The unification of Germany into a politically and administratively integrated nation state occurred on 18th of January, 1871 at the Versailles. Is that it? Is that in Ohio? Oh. The Versailles? The Versailles? Versailles. 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 It doesn't end with an I. Ver or Ver Versailles Palace Hall of Mirrors in France. Princes of the German states gathered there to proclaim Wilhelm of Prussia as the emperor of the German Empire after the French capitulation in the Franco-Prussian War. So basically. Let's go back even further to ancient Roman times. And the Romans went in, uh, went north and fought the barbarians, the Goths, the Gauls, you know, the Vikings and all this shit. Um, the, the, the Visigoths, the Ostrogoths. These were all just different tribes in what we now consider Europe. And the Romans went in and... Uh, you know, raped, pillaged, murdered, killed, and then built their own shit. Yeah. And um, so basically there were many different tribes and different, I guess, kingdoms of German-speaking people, just Germanic peoples. And, and they're not a um, monolith. There's all sorts of different types of Germans and different German languages. But basically, it was all feudal states that then became part umbrella, under the umbrella of the Holy Roman Empire. All right? Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Roman Empire collapsed. 
and um, and there were still all these various uh, independent entities. There were around, according to this article, around like 300 uh, different political entities. And uh, so basically the unification of Germany in 1871 brought all these things together to say, hey, it would be a lot easier and probably easier to make peace between all these different feudal states if we combine this all into one nation state with one emperor. All right? Mm -hmm. Let's make a, a, a one German government. All right? And so they did. And uh, there were a lot of people around that area who did not like the idea of a unified Germany. And at that same time, there was also sort of just like a broad conservative movement happening among like scholars and stuff where they were pushing the weird pseudosciences like we learned. Do you remember any of these things? Yeah, the runes. The uh, I'm talking like the biological, physiological sciences that they were doing. Oh, God, no. Where they were basically measuring the nose, measuring the skull. I mean, this oh, is... Oh, yeah, the fake science. The, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, where they were like, this is why we're so superior. Right, they were just making fake fucking science, fake fucking history, crypto histories, they call it. Yeah. Um, and it's the exact same shit that was happening at the same time in the U.S., but with black people. Measuring people. Oh yeah, measuring the skulls, basically trying to, uh, basically making up science, fake science, mind you, with wrong evidence to back up racism. Yeah. All right. And so there were a lot of people who were into that, and there were also lots of different um, uh, conspiracy theories floating around um, at the time. And uh, one of those things was, uh, what am I getting at here? Let me let me search it. Uh, the Volkish movement, the Volkish Bewegung, Bewegung. Is it Bewegung or Bewegung? I think it's Bewegung. Yeah, it sounds strong. Okay, so uh, there were all these different people who had all these different conspiracies and they kind of, came together uh, you know they were all into like the conservative movement um oh also i should note that 1871 what kind of big changes do you think were happening around a lot of the world in the late 1800s as far as the way things are made and the way people work industrial industrialization <laughs> was happening and that sort of accelerated new technologies mm -hmm. and uh, completely transformed and accelerated the transformation of the way people do work. And let their kids do work. And let their kids do work and all this stuff. And so, and there was also a lot of resistance to industrialization because with any new big changes, there are people who don't want the changes because it's scary and new and makes me feel uncomfortable and unsafe and I don't want it, you know? Mm -hmm. That was a big part of the conservative movement. People fighting back against industrialization and also 
there's trains are a big thing now. So you've got more migration of people, different people coming around, living in different areas. And when people are coming in, they're going to take my job and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's what some people think. Conservative people think that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, this group that happened in uh, around the time and very much in the response to the unification of Germany against it, they were opposed to it, was the Volkisch movement, the people's movement, loosely translated. The Volkisch Bewegung. It was, let's, let's read this paragraph here. It was a German ethnic and nationalist movement which was active from the late 19th century through the Nazi era, erected on the idea of, this is what you were getting to, blood and soil. It inspired, uh, inspired by the one-body metaphor, the Volkskopper, uh, literally translating to the body of the people, the ethnic body. And, and the idea of naturally grown communities in unity. It was characterized by organicism, racialism, populism, agrarianism, romantic nationalism, and as a consequence of growing exclusive and ethnic connotation by anti... Wait, 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 wait. Who the fuck? Again, these people writing these articles, they construct the worst sentences. Uh... It basically was largely anti-Semitic, okay? Um, let's see, German nationalists who were anti-Semitic considered the Jews to be a, quote, alien race who belonged to a different Volk than mm-hmm. Germans. Where they're different than us. And uh, so part of the German unification was the passage of new laws that um, sort of like tried to to stop or or suppress a lot of the anti-Semitism and, and, and just racism in general that was happening in all these different Germanic Nordic areas, right? Yeah. And so they fought against that too. And basically a lot of... Those conspiracies of the Volkish movement eventually transformed into what would become the Nazi party. And the Nazi party, one of the central things, is based entirely around conspiracy theories. Yeah. I mean, it's verbatim. Their conspiracy theories are the conspiracies of the Volkish movement. And it's stuff like a secret cabal of pedophile Jews who want to make a one world global government and it will, you know, just build from there. Like that's the core. A cabal of Jewish pedophiles who want to make, uh, and other people who who would deign to make love to Jews. Yeah. Um, Anyone not like us. Anyone who's not one of the Volk, the good Volk. And I didn't bother looking up any slogans, but I'm sure they had slogans, the Volkish movement. I'm sure it was something very similar to what we've seen already. I'm, I'm sure it would be stuff like um, 
Germans first. Yep. Nords first. Uh, translate to today, America first. Yeah. And actually, America first was the slogan of the United States Nazi Party. Yeah. Which developed at the same time as the Nazis over in Europe. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the United States industry people helped fund the creation of the Nazis. As a matter of fact, Daddy Coke, like the Coke brothers, I think it was Grandpa, was really good friends with Adolf Hitler himself. And that was some stuff I was going to get into, like, in the next episode of the New Age Nazis thing. Yeah. But, okay, so a lot of these core Q theories are straight-up Nazi theories, which were straight-up Volkish movement theories. Yeah. What, how, how, what, like, what's going on in your mind right now after hearing all this stuff? I'm thinking it's the same turd but painted a different color. Same turd painted a different color. Mm-hmm. Basically that, yeah. So the QAnon core conspiracies, even though there's a lot of different ones, boom. It's Nazi shit. Flat out. And uh, it hasn't gone away. And a lot of those conspiracies, um, well, theories, have actually kind of basically formed um, a lot of the Republican Party. Even literally now, we have QAnon people, such as Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the news right now. Yeah. I'm not sure for exactly what. What have you read? You read the news more than me. I don't usually read anything about that. I read, like, um, local news in she, any place that I lived in. She's talking about, like, a Jewish laser. Let me look this up. Oh, Jewish laser. What the fuck is this? Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a uh, congresswoman. Okay, here we go. New York Magazine. GOP congresswoman blamed wildfires on secret Jewish space laser oh my by Jonathan Chait. Axios has a small squib about, quote, the mischief makers, end quote, a handful of idiosyncratic congressional backbenchers who make trouble for their respective party leadership. The leading Democratic <laughs> mischief makers, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who advocates some left-wing views I consider simplistic and impractical, and in some cases, probably bad. Who the fuck wrote this? New York Magazine is shit anyway. I want something better. Well, we're like, okay, Vox. That's better than that. Uh, Why conspiracy theorists always end up pointing fingers at Jews and why that's a problem for the GOP. Also, if you've noticed, like, no Republicans have come out and condemned Marjorie Taylor Greene. No. And people are like, why aren't they saying anything? It's because they fucking agree with her. Yeah. Like, what I was getting at a minute ago was basically um, how a lot of American industry helped the Nazis become so big. And one of those people was the Kochs. And see, just before we entered into World War One, we... You know, we we're trying to get out of the Great Depression and FDR um, 
read the writing on the wall, got the message from uh, the labor movement, etc., the the broad labor and leftist movement in the U.S. Because there was a big socialist and communist movement, labor union movement in the U.S. They were real fucking strong, especially at that time. And they're growing again right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, they put pressure on very rich family man, uh, young relative of Teddy Roosevelt, um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He read the writing on the wall, talked to some of his other rich buddies and was like, "Um, we really need to give these people what they're asking for, at least somewhat. Yeah. uh, Because they're building guillotines. And so he did that. And and say, like, half of the, you know, the rich boy club went with FDR and they were like, you're fucking right. You're right. We got to do this. And then the other half were totally against it. And they went off and created this thing. You ever heard of it? The John Birch Society. You've told me a little bit about John Birch Society. The John Birch Society was a uh, an exclusive rich guy society of basically people who opposed the New Deal. And um, they're wealthy white businessmen who peddled all sorts of conspiracies. They were very anti-communist. You know, they were the they were the fathers of what would become the McCarthy era. I think McCarthy was probably, I would be very surprised if he was not a bircher. Um, and wait, so they're against communists and it's composed of people like the Kochs, uh, who fund all this dark money and create this media camp, you know, just media fucking machine like Rupert Murdoch. I mean, he's got to be in with them too. He's the one who owns Fox News. So uh, so that's the base of the Republican Party is well, the current iteration of it is the John Birch Society become QAnon. All right. Yeah. I'm not saying that is a monolith. There are other n- not QAnon Republicans and stuff, but the powers that be the um, turtle man. What's his name? Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he's he's a bircher, essentially. He's so gross. And they don't say it out loud, but it's always implied. It's anti-Jewish shit. It's uh, scare tactics about one world globalism, you know, that sort of thing. It's really fucked up shit. So then, okay, why then would people, uh, other people get wrapped up in this stuff? Well, it depends on what you're sold, really. Like, if your media is all telling you that something's someone else's fault and you're already poor, then you're going to be like, oh, well, that must be why I'm poor. That must be why I'm poor. Basically following the narrative that certain media outlets put forth, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's set some more historical precedent. We already talked about mid to late 1700s in Central Europe. Let's take it back hundreds of years earlier, but bring it a lot closer to home, to the American colonies, New England. Mm -hmm. Throughout the early and mid, by the mid, early mid 1700s, in 
the America colonies um, in the northern New England area and then the southern colonies, there was massive, massive wealth disparity. I'm, I'm reading a book on this stuff right now, and it's intensely interesting. There was a massive disparity in wealth uh, because essentially, if memory serves me, there were something like five families who owned something like 80% of the wealth of all the colonies. Isn't it still the same people that have that wealth? It is largely, yes, the same families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skull and bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Ivy League boys. I mean, it's, yeah, it's essentially the same families. Yeah. Even our first president, George Washington, he owned the most land. Like, he was the, uh, I was about to say, largest landover, landowner, but that would imply that he was just a very large man. <laughs> I don't think, I, I heard he's tall, but not super wide. Um, he owned more land than any other landowner in the American colonies, okay? Mm-hmm. And thus, he also was the wealthiest man in the colonies. Did you know that? No, but I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, the other people, the names you know, like Samuel Adams, the beer guy. Yeah. He was an English apologist. He was greatly against any kind of... Uh, War fighting of for independence against John uh, uh, Samuel Adams was a fucking pussy dick piece of shit, man. Like he was such a fucking pussy. He just wanted power and to be part of this little boys club where the boys. Uh, he was all about that shit. And then once the independence thing happened, the you know the fighting, the fighting against England and gaining independence. After that, he was very much about, when they were creating the Constitution, very much about, let's give people as few rights as we possibly can. Because we're in the club, boys. Yeah. We're in the club. We're writing ourselves our own fucking boys club for the boys. Uh, rule book, all right? And uh, we can control everything to protect our station. And the station of you, my boy, because this is a boys club. Yep. We're all bros, bro. And so uh, there was lots of debate over, like, basically uh, how much power to give to anyone that's not us in our little club. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there were constitutions being drafted in all these separate states now. You know, they're all separate states. And, um, and there was also across all these states, um, although the situation in the South was quite a bit different because they were still doing the slavery thing, but up in the North, they were doing the industrial thing. All right. Mm -hmm. And there's this massive wealth disparity happening. And also people are, this is still sort of kind of. Um, getting into the transition. Well, actually, by the 1700s, we were well into the uh, long transition from feudalism to capitalist 
system. All right. Mm-hmm. And there were, of course, like some capitalist flavored types of market play during feudalism. Absolutely. Uh, but people were moving away from just like, you know, having a God King yeah, and going more to liberal uh, capitalist sort of situation. Now, when I say liberal, I don't mean it in the sense of like the way America, popular American thought is like Democrats are liberals and Republicans are conservatives. This is a different thing. Like historically, like on a further back scale, liberals just, I guess, basically getting away from God Kings and saying like, we can uh, govern ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Secular, uh, secular rule. And um, so there was all this wealth disparity and there were also lots and lots and lots of fighting militias being made soldiers who had not been paid for fighting in the war for independence of the Americas and people started banding together and there was all sorts of talk about revolution even before the war of independence even before the the boys club really started considering we should do this we should fight against England there was all sorts of rumblings of revolution because people were sick and tired of not having shit yeah. They were the 99% and they were tired of the 1% getting all of the value generated from the labor that the workers in the middle class were putting out. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get into a material analysis, which is something I wish occurred a lot more in uh, mainstream media. Although there's a very good reason that it doesn't because it starts asking questions and offers uh, sort of some critical thinking tools that might cue people in, not as in QAnon, <laughs> Q-U- or C-U-E, cue people in to realizing um, how power is distributed. All right? Yep. So all these pores were wanting to, you know, bust out the guillotine and burn down the mansions and kill the rich dudes because they were tired of getting shit on all the time. Now, at the same time, there was a lot of like farmers um, and uh, indentured servants, white indentured servants. Well, yeah. um, Sex slaves, that sort of thing. Sharecroppers. Sharecroppers, yes. Um, And so... That was going on. And these the rich boys club were like, this is not good. Like, we're in trouble. But uh, we own these uh, publications. We can put out newspapers. We can put out pamphlets. Basically, the boys club, even Ben Franklin himself, did like a publication media campaign, an ongoing one, to do what basically... Um, Noam Chomsky would call manufacture consent, manufacturing stories, manufacturing narratives, manufacturing um, a certain reality to take the pressure off of themselves. You know, they manufactured basically the American dream. If you work hard and pick yourself up by your bootstraps like I did, you can be 
rich and powerful like me too. Like you can be free. You can, you can be free. You don't have to be slaves. You don't have to be wage slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> another thing they did was uh, sort of create a war for independence. That was sort of a perfect storm for the boys club was we definitely want to be uh, financially independent of England because we're actually generating more wealth than they are resources and such. And we want to do that. And we also put the kibosh on all these revolutionary uprisings happening. And so we went to war with England, wrapped a lot of people up in, you know, just patriotism and all this stuff and kind of make them forget and even oh jesus fucking christ and quell i'm not i'm gonna keep going (laughs) and basically quell uh uprisings in america okay Mm -hmm. and they also weaponized the middle class the middle class was composed of like engineers mechanics boat rights, that sort of stuff. And they tended to live in the cities, all right? Mm -hmm. And one of the tools that the boys club used was passing out, well, pamphlets and creating um, policies that kind of somewhat benefited the middle class. Because the middle class has not a whole lot, but they've got just enough to be scared of losing everything. You know, and so it's easier for people who who think they have something to lose uh, to side or to get scared and decide with someone saying like, hey, we're passing this stuff out. We're giving you a six hundred dollar check maybe in March and we might negotiate it down from six hundred. That gets the middle class wrapped up in these promises and they tend to side with. Uh, the powers that be with the status quo. Yep. Because the status quo is saying, if things change, you're going to lose everything. Meanwhile, the very lower class is like, fuck all this, fuck all this. But now they've got their own enemy, someone that's even closer to them financially, the middle class. You got the middle class and the low class fighting each other. And then you've got... um, Irish fighting the Italians because there's a popular narrative going around at the time that we're all different. Basically, you get the poor fighting the poor and they'll be too distracted to realize who's really fucking them over. This thing's about to die. Can we Uh take a break? Yeah. All right. Hey there. I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but... It's it's still my neighbors going hog wild. Whoa, why is this wiggling? Stop wiggling. The camera was wiggling like a motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, my neighbors are still going hog fucking wild. It sounds like they're moving. I can't tell what the fuck they're doing. But um, upon Emily's suggestion, this uh, subject should be a two-parter. So let's call this part one. Uh, I will regroup in the next episode. Um, Hopefully, I'm definitely going to take notes. I thought I was going to be able to get through this without it uh, going all the fuck over the place, but I feel like it did. I don't really know. 
but uh, I will definitely cover more in an episode two and, and wrap all this stuff up. But basic, basically the question of like where cues go in, like where does it quote unquote end? And also um, bring together why I started talking about all this history stuff about like the rev- the American revolutions and how those kind of got, you know, put down and silenced with the war for independence and um, tie that into Jim Crow South and then, you know, the unification of Germany and then lead that back here to the United States in the very early 2020s. Um, and also talk about, oh, I really want to answer a question asked by Wade, asked, asked by Wade on my post. Um, he asked a very, very astute question. That is, um, why is it that a lot of people involved in Q, especially those involved in the uh, the uh, the hissy fit at Capitol Hill, the invasion? Why are there so many of them who seem to be like middle class and small business owners? And you might be able to piece together what I was getting at with the things that were happening in the American colonies in the 1700s, talking about how it's easier to uh, get the middle class on your side because they've got something to lose and they're closer to you. Um, I'm going to bring all this stuff together in episode in part two of this uh, brief QAnon thing that I just sort of have found myself in. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you and you will talk to you in the next episode. If you want to help support the show in any way, um, you can become a donor at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Uh, any any support would be a great help. And and thank you to those, to my current donors. Thank you all so much. Uh, it's, it's a big help. Um, if you have any questions about the stuff I'm covering here, or if you have any um, suggestions of, of stories or subjects to cover on the show, or if you need any kind of advice on anything. I mean, shit, you can ask about astrophysics. I, I, I'm not an astrophysicist, but I seem to have like a really sort of like a, a natural tell for like trajectory. I don't know how, but I'm, I've always been able to analyze like just trajectory in my head. Just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Uh, e- email me at that thing with James at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher. And uh, I have a subreddit, r slash that thing with James. Uh, I've just been posting um, the new episodes when they come out, but go share some memes. Give me some shit posts. Uh, you know, Put some stonk posts on there. I, I want some Wall Street bets streams. This Wall Street bet shit's fucking awesome. Ooh, I should find a way to tie that into the next episode somehow. Uh, well, anyway, 
I think Emily was definitely right. This should be a two-parter episode. So here's the end of part one. Stick around to hear more. I will try to be more organized. And uh, I, I want to bring together all this seemingly random shit that I talked about in this episode. I want to bring it all together into um, the kind of answer that I wanted to give to that those, those people on NPR. That's what started it all. I needed to get toilet paper and some foodstuffs. And then I heard that thing. And then I was like, oh, no, I want to say something. And then I went somewhere else and said, hey, I heard this thing, and it made me want to say something, but I didn't get to say it. Do you want to hear me say it? And they said, yeah. And once to make an episode, and then here we are. I'm trying, folks. Thanks for tuning in. I love you. Bye.